Welcome to episode number three of the Mastermind Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Marcus Chen. Marcus is a sales expert. He helps sales reps sell more. In this episode, we are talking about how to do sales during the coronavirus. He also shares the exact method on how to do lead generation through LinkedIn. Are you a sales rep or are you in a sales industry or are you a salesman? Then this is definitely the episode for you. All right, I'm here with uh, with Marcus. What's up, man? How are you doing? Hey, I'm great, man. Good afternoon. Good morning for me, but happy to be on here, Robin. Yeah, great. What time is it at your place right now? Uh, right now is 7.05 a.m. All right. It's, it's like 3 p.m. right now, so it's a little bit of a, <laughs> a different zone. But uh, I hope you are uh, fully going and awake and uh, going to make some fire on this podcast. Oh, yeah, man. I've been up for a couple hours now. I've been getting warmed up just for you and your audience, so we're going to have a lot of fun today. Great, man. So we're going to talk about your routine maybe a little bit later. First off, sure. who is Marcus? What are you doing in, in, in life? And yeah, who are you? Yeah, awesome. So uh, I'm Marcus Shant. I'm the founder of Venley Consulting Group. I'm based out in the, the United States on the West Coast. Uh, so uh, with my business, I work directly with sales professionals and businesses to help give them the tools and resources to absolutely crush their sales goals, regardless of the economy or circumstances, right? Um, but before this, uh, I was in corporate America, as we call it, for 14 plus years. I worked for two massive Fortune 500 companies in which uh, I started from the very bottom, outside business, business sales, uh, during the heart of uh, the last recession, right? And uh, had success from there, got promoted 10 times in 10 years to the point of uh, I was leading a sales organization, doing nine figures a year in revenue, leading 110 people over multiple states. And then from there, I started my own business. But uh, I've been doing my new own business now for about six months, and it's been absolutely incredible and a lot of fun. Right, six months. It's not uh, very long, but I think it's, it's, it's been a great decision for you to do that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's just, um, you know, um, by being directly in sales for so long, um, you get the really cool opportunity, especially since it's all new business focused, where you create something from nothing, right? And that's, and that's something really, really cool, right? And I think, I think at the heart of most salespeople, it, when they start to have a little success and over time as they have had more success, they're thinking to themselves, wow, you know what? I generated, you know, 1 million, 2 million, 10 million, et cetera, in revenue. Wow, but I only got paid, you know, my salary commission bonus. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. to be able to take home a larger cut, right? A profit. That's very enticing for many salespeople, right? So um, it's that same concept, right? And um, you know, uh, I I love corporate America. I, lo I love the structure and all that stuff and the benefits that came with it. But uh, I, I was ready for my own thing to build my new legacy for my new life. Yeah, and make yourself um, like doing better and better, and not maybe someone. 100%. Yeah. All right. Great, man. So, so your business right now, what do you do and what are you, are you teaching or are you helping people to grow their businesses and, and growing in sales? Yeah. Great question. Right. So, um, so majority of my business is all through my digital program, right? So I actually built a very comprehensive A to Z sales training program. So whether you are brand new and you have no experience with B2B sales to, even if you're experienced, when you go through my program, it will transform your results either. So I've had people either make six figures for the first time in the program or they double their income or they get promoted. Some it's just pure confidence, right? But a lot of them just have these very tangible results. But 
I, most of my program is, is via, most of my business is via that digital program. Um, and then I also do some one-on-one coaching and some consulting as well. That's on a more limited basis because of the way I wanted to design the business, which was focused on the digital program, which I can scale much faster yeah. and at a larger rate. Yeah, right. So make something one time really good and sell them to multiple people, right? 100, 100% yeah. right. And then being also like well, the cool part is, is when you build that digital asset, right? I can always make it better, right? Yeah. And that's a really cool thing. I don't, I'm, I'm not producing a physical product. I have that digital product that allows me to continue to add to and tweak it, right? So for example, um, you know, like my first version I built over a year ago, it was really good. And people were getting really cool results from it. But then I realized, you know what? I wasn't clear on an area of um, like door knocking and walking to business door to door. I didn't actually include that piece. I'm like, okay, you know what? That's a good opportunity to add that in. So of course, all my existing students got that for free, right? So I, I put a whole new module just to clarify, right? So it, as I uncover areas where I'm like, I need to adapt a little bit for the marketplace, et cetera, then I'm gonna change it. So for example, um, you know, like I realized I didn't include enough social selling pieces in there. So about, two months ago, I started seeing like, well, the, you know, obviously where everything's going. So I'm like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add a whole new mass class. So record like a two hour training uh, on, on how to use LinkedIn the right way, right? From messaging templates to phrasing to content marketing. Um, and I put that in there as well, because that was something that people need, right? Especially people that are selling business to business. So that's the cool part about digital asset is you can always tweak it. And it also takes work to do it, but you can multiply it out 100x, no problem. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I see it happening also to, to a lot of other entrepreneurs and um, totally right. You can, you can add things and maybe right now with the whole Corona virus thing, you can add a little bit, a piece of, of, of what to do in crisis times. Maybe later we can we go in depth on uh, how you do sales uh, right now in times of crisis. I think it's totally. a really hot topic. Um, yep. But you, you, uh, you told me that uh, six months ago you went from corporate America to uh, business entrepreneur. Yep. What is the biggest change for you? Is it like your daily routines or is it, what is it that you think thought, all right, this is a so this, very big difference. My stress level went down. <laughs> down. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, I know Robin's crazy, right. But um, in my last role and, and I, and I'm, I don't want people to misunderstand. I love my, well, I love what I did, right? Where um, I had a really large sales force. Um, I had 11 teams reporting into me. I had 11 sales reporting into me. I had 110 employees. We did a lot of revenue. We did nine figures plus a year in annual sales. And um, with that though, when you lead that many people, there's a lot of stress, right? You, you have, you're a business owner, you have a team of people that work for you. There's a lot of stress that comes with managing people. But more specifically, When you manage salespeople, it's just a very different beast. <laughs> like just on how they think, how they and so it's 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 all there's always extra stress from that, right? On top of that, I was traveling. I mean, I was in a hotel room 100 plus nights a year, easily. Yeah. Right? I was always on plane, young family. Um, so I saw over time, and I we had a lot of success doing it, but I, I saw actually like my health was, was always been pretty good, but I saw my blood pressure rising, right? And it wasn't to the point I need to take like medication or anything, but I saw it, right? And this is crazy when, so I track my blood pressure, right? And um, I saw within a month after, you know, basically my early retirement from corporate America, um, my blood pressure dropped 15%. Like, 
<laughs> I was like, wow, wow, that was amazing, right? Um, the other thing I saw that was really, really cool as well was, um, you know, being able to have more flexibility with my schedule. Um, with my before, because I had so many you know direct reports, I was constantly on calls with people, team meetings, running. I was doing all so much stuff. Now. I have more, much more control in the sense of, you know, because I don't have all these people reporting them to me, I have better control on, you know, doing stuff that I want with my family. So for example, before, because my schedule is so tight every single day, I mean, every day I ran, I ran probably an 18, 19 hour a day. That was very normal, right? Um, now I get an opportunity of when we could travel outside, like, you know, leave the house, I would, I had, I was able to take my kid to school, right? So now I could like, and before Corona, I was able to take my kid to school, you know, like pretty much every day and pick him up. And that was just, I mean, it's just a little thing, right? But to me, really important. And as a result of that, that also gave us a deeper bond. So that was yeah. the first big thing that just my, per, my personal life and the like internal happiness just like increased drastically, right? You know, and, and, and the thing is like, I'm all, I've always been very routine regimented. So I just took those same concepts and in my new life, if you will, right, I apply the same concept into having a routine and being consistent. And I'm a, I'm a self-starter. My boss didn't tell, need to tell me what to do. I, I, I told myself what to do and I influenced up what I told, what she, I thought she could do, right? So yeah. um, that's how I run. So I've always been very much a self-starter. So that hasn't changed that much, but now I know it's building something for myself. So that's, that's, what, yeah. that's been a big difference. An all another motivational fire, I think. 100%. Now, it's not easy by any means. It's still challenging just like anything else, right? Um, yeah. But it's a different type of challenge, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah. before I solve a problem at work, I'm like, great, right? Now I'm like, hey, when I solve this problem for me, this could be exponential for our future, yeah. right? It's yeah, a very different yeah. feeling. Yeah. yeah, and I also think it's, it's, it's uh, a choice you've made which is a very hard choice, I think, because I, I talk to a lot of people. Um, for me, I'm, a, I'm, I'm and when I started the business, I was on, in school. I don't have I had a house, don't have all the expenses uh, yeah. each month. But when you have a family and you have a, all the expenses going on and you're working, you had a great job in corporate yep. America, the choice to make, I think it's very hard. And it's also, yes. I talk to a lot of people that wanted to make the, the jump, but don't because they feel like, yeah, what, What's going to happen? I don't know. It's it, I got all these expenses. Expenses. I got a family. What's going yeah. to happen? So how yeah. long did, did you um, uh, thought of it to make the jump? Is yeah. it like for a few years already, or or yeah. maybe I was very strategic. I mean, it was about four or five years, right? I mean, it was yeah. one, of, one of those things where you know I, I've always um, you know growing up, my parents were actually entrepreneurs, so they came from. Uh, China and Taiwan, they had absolutely nothing. Uh, very, very poor. Middle school, high school education, they didn't have much. So when they came to America in the set, late 70s, they started a restaurant. So they, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial environment, very normal, right? And I grew up working. I was helping my dad. We were working in the restaurant. We did all these things. And I saw how hard it was. And my dad, always, my parents always encouraged me, hey, you need to go become a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, do something like that. Well, I didn't do any of those things. But I went to corporate America, right, as a salesperson, which they were kind of against. Um, but it was really to chase that, you know, quote, unquote, they call it American dream. That stability, get the house, get the family, have a good paying job, have salary, have benefits. So I did that, right? And, um, you know, and I did it because I didn't know, didn't know what else to do. And I didn't, I didn't actually ever want to be an entrepreneur at that point. 
right? Because I saw how hard my parents, right? But what I saw was this. I saw my parents put in physical labor, working in a restaurant, right? To generate not really that great of an income, right? And they got smart over time because they did like other investments and, and that's what, how they were able to retire early, build wealth. But I saw the hardness that came from it. So when I went to corporate America, I did it for you know a long time, had a lot of success with it, right? And over time, I found one of the reasons I was, I was fortunate to have success in really every single role I was in was because I simply approached every role like it was my business, right? And I just naturally did that. And in about 2014 timeframe, um, you know, I, I would have people that I would, you know, just like people on my team, people that I would coach and influence. And they'd always say, Marcus, you need to write a book. But I always said, oh, I'm going to write a book. I don't want to write a book on. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just me. Like, just trying to my best. So um, the first book I wrote, because um, it was an ebook, uh, I got promoted 10 times in 10 years. So I wrote an ebook on that, right? 15 tips on how I got promoted 10 times in 10 years in two massive, you know, companies. And people really enjoyed that. So I'm like, okay. And I sold the ebook. And that was very interesting to me, right? Because that was when I started learning internet marketing. And I'm like, huh, I just built a digital, basically a Word document converted into a, a PDF and it's made $9. Like that's yeah. I, a $9 phone, like, that's weird. Like, <laughs> hmm. But I'm like, well, but, but being a top performer, right? You're making multiple six figures. It's really hard to leave them. Like, I can't leave a really great job for $9 an ebook. Like, I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm not to sell like literally hundreds of thousands of copies. Right, to get the point, I'm excited. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So then I um, started researching more and um, I decided to write or to build a digital course. So I'm like, what do people ask me questions on? I'm like, people ask me questions on sales all the time. And I would, because my company I was with had a good training program, but there were gaps, right? And I literally, when I, when I would train people, I filled all the gaps in with things that would take their game to the next level. And that's one of the reasons why we had a lot of success in every, every team, every market, because of these things that I would teach. So uh, with, with that being said, it took me about two years, a year and a half, two years to build a digital course. So I'm traveling, I'm playing nonstop. I'm working 80 plus hours a week, late nights at hotel room, I'm building, I'm recording. Weekends, I mean, my kiddos like taking naps, I'm like working on my digital course. It took me two years to build this out basically. Built it out last March. Um, I just did soft launch. I didn't even know if anyone would buy it. I just kind of tested it out. Had a very small email list of like 500 people, right? Sent it out to them. Sold two copies. Made $2,000 overnight. And I was like, wow. Someone just yeah. bought this digital program. Now I can scale this, right? I can scale this. If I could sell 100 copies a month, right? And scale that, right? Now, it's hard to build two businesses at once, right? We'll do my day job and that. So I started mapping out, how would I, how could I leave my job? At this point, as, as a director, I'm doing very, very well financially. I'm like, how can I leave something so good, you know, for something that might just absolutely flop still, right? So I'll strategic with it, right? So um, I started mapping out how it would look. So um, I knew, like, as part of my comp plan, like, I had a bunch of stock options and invest in, in uh, restricted stock that I knew would invest in middle of July. I also had, um, we have what's called President's Club, which is the top elite award. So I have my, my free trip, it's like a free vacation, right? Yeah, uh, in yeah. August, I wanna go on that, right? I also knew that we had an earnings call in September. So I'm like, okay, well, 
I want to, and I want to make sure when I cash my stock out, it's at the highest peak point for <laughs> the yeah, stock that had to be employed, yeah. right? So, so I wait for basically like middle of September when the earnings call was. Went on my trip, got my stock, cashed out, rolled out middle of September, and then from there I was gone. But I also mapped out how my business look, right? Because I know if I wanted to, I could just go and just go after to get a bunch of consulting clients, right? Um, but then all I would be doing is creating a schedule where I had to be somewhere at all times. I basically would have created my own corporate job. I didn't want that. So I mapped it out where I'm like, okay, you know what? Like my strategy is going to be, I'm going to, once I, once I leave, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start building my LinkedIn brand, right? And I'm also going to start working on redoing my digital course. Let's do version two, redo version two, record more, re-record everything, add more in, take it to the next level, right? And really master internet marketing. And I'm still working. I'm not providing this. I'm still working internet marketing, right? So mastering that piece, right? And then if there happens to be, people that reach out to me for consulting or coaching, then, you know, if they qualify, if they're willing to pay my pricing for, which I charge quite a bit, then I'll work with them. Right. Yeah. Then you decide. So all right. I decide. Right. right. Because, um, because uh, I'm pretty frugal and careful with my money. Right. So I put my, put my family and all of us in a, in a situation where like we could like just retire. Right. Uh, on top of that, my wife works full time. She's got a great job. She works at a little shoe company called Nike. You might have heard of them, right? So, you know, she's got a great job there. We have great benefits, right? So financially, we're in a good spot with her job and also just being smart with money, right? So I built myself a buffer so I can focus on the right things and so not have to sacrifice picking up terrible clients, picking up, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions for someone who's not going to do the work. If, if, yeah, if you pay what I charge, you're probably going to do what I tell you to do and you're going to get some freaking amazing results. That's just what happens. Right. So, um, so it was more strategic versus like, Hey, I'm gone. Right. Because uh, I knew it was giving up something good for something great. That's, that's what it was. It's a long game yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for the people that are still in their job and want to become entrepreneurs, it's one, you did it very with a strategy. So, right. Yes. When I'm going to do it, right. plan it all out, already building the business on the side, so, and you know, I had a financial buffer. I know how, how long I can last, uh, right. how the situation is uh, financially. Right. And that's when you, when you decided, all right, if I do right. it in September, it's all good and we can go from there. Yeah. The mistake I see some people make, right? Because I, I actually made a lot of friends who were also new entrepreneurs at the same time. They basically left, they had an idea, but they didn't have clarity on what they're going to do. Yeah. Right. So they're like, oh, I'm going to be um, a sales trainer too. I'm like, cool. Is your website up? Do you have a landing page? Do you have an opt-in? Do you have lead magnets? Do you have an audience? Yeah. Like you are now a nobody, right? It doesn't matter your success before. I, I know now, I, I knew once I left corporate America, my, the big name company, my big title, all these things, it was irrelevant. People don't care. No, <laughs> right? No. People don't care, right? Like, hmm. no, no. I knew it was going to be a different game. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's also, I think entrepreneurship right now in this time, it's, um, it's really a, a trend or some a hype. Glamorized. People yeah. People, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. All right. What are you going to do? Yeah. I don't know, but I will figure it out. I will become an oh, entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I see it all the time. Right. And I talk to a lot of people that are kind of saying like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do, I want to do what you do. I'm like, I'm like, but listen carefully. Um, I got results first. I didn't yeah. just go and say, I'm gonna go train people to be in sales. I got results for, I sh 
I, sh I made sure that my offer actually delivers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's huge. Like, yeah. So like if, if, if I see people like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go open a Shopify store. Cool. Like, do you know how to open a Shopify store? Do you know how to drive traffic? Do you know how to source traffic? Do you know how to do these things? Do you know how to source products? If you don't, don't just leave your job, go do it. I mean, you could be, if you can do it, but, but understand building a business, there's roadblocks, right? You yeah. know, I know, I knew that I saw it. I'm like, this is going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's entrepreneurship totally. is hard as hell, but it's, it can be very lucrative if done well. Yeah. And it's a certain feeling you have that you're building something for your own and that's right. And, and yeah. And what you said about, um, being very, uh, uh logic about your clients and know yeah. which clients you want is something I didn't do in the beginning. I'm totally honest about that. It was just, I need clients. I need clients. So I grab everything that's possibly can be a client or can be paid. But afterwards I was thinking, all right, this client I have right now, um, it's pay, he's paying 500 euros a month, let's say. Right. And I'm, 20 hours uh, busy with a client, I thought, I'm not making any money right here. I'm, I'm too busy for, for what they are paying me. So um, at a certain point, I thought, all right, I need to go over my clients and check which are the clients I want to have, which I want to, to build on, and which clients I need to uh, say goodbye to, unfortunately. But I think that's a certain timing you have to 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 have to check, all right, when is the, the right time to do it? And if you know it already from the beginning, then it's uh, really easy. I, I'm not gonna say it is easy, but easier, easier. To, to check easier. out. Yeah. Yeah. Easier to know which clients you want. And uh, I think that's a really good uh, good strategy, man. Well, and just to add to a little more, right? It wasn't like I knew that, I mean, I knew that walking in only because um, 14 plus years ago, 13 plus years ago, when I was building a startup, I went after every single client as a sales professional, right? I went after every single person I can get anybody and the economy is falling apart. So as a result, I, I picked up some clients we really shouldn't have, right? And just like you, I'm like, we didn't know. We're bleeding in the red. We need to get revenue in the door. So we're going after anybody. Our pricing model is terrible. It's not done well. You know, like we're, giving so, we're putting so much you know, blood, sweat, and tears to give them service and quality service, but we're bleeding the red, right? I remember um, one of the... Um, this, the following years, I literally had to do uh, four price increases in one year, right, to a customer, customers, because they weren't profitable. We were oh. not profitable because we did a bad, I did a bad job. We all did a bad job bringing on so many clients, right, that it wasn't a good business model, right? So we had to tweak it to take our game to the next level to really grow and scale and be sustainable. Yeah, 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 totally. I, I, look, I had a... Um... Uh, like a, a sort of a business mentor who told me, all right, you have clients, you have this, and, but, but how, how much money are you making? Just, just on this client, how, how much money? No, it's like uh, 500 on revenue and it's okay. And no, <laughs> right after the yeah. dots, how many yeah. uh, money are you making? Exactly. Right. The yeah. profit. Yeah. And then I, I shifted my mindset. I thought, all right, everything I'm going to do, every client we have from now on, I need to yep. know what is the profit and what, uh, are we making on this client? And then the whole exactly. mindset shifted and uh, business went better from there on. So that's- 100%. And then you're excited actually. You're actually excited to bring a new client on, right? Versus yeah, like, yeah. we were not, or like we, we, were, so, we were like, oh, we were closing so much business. Like I was like, I was getting stressed. I'm like, oh, we can't really, we have to sell and service at the time, right? That was the role we were in. I'm like, oh boy, I'm not, I'm not excited now for these clients. And you want to be excited, right? You're like, okay, great, another new client. 
It's worth the time. It's worth the effort. It's worth the profit dollars, right? You want that. That's a good spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. It's also a mindset thing. I, but it's, it's a place you need to grow to. So that's, that's okay. Um, that's so back to sales. Yes. The whole coronavirus, the crisis yes. we are in right now. Yes. What is a good strategy to, to, to still mm-hmm. close sales? I think like yes. one and a half weeks ago, I was like, all right, I need to do something else cause, or something different with yes. my sales because it's a little bit, uh, little bit of a strange thing when you call people when they're middle in the crisis and don't think about marketing or, or hiring an online marketing agency. So yes. was, uh, for me, it was a little bit hard to, to shift the whole focus. But what do you mm-hmm. think is a good strategy to do that? Yeah, so I think the first piece is, um, uh, is being really crystal clear um, what mode is that business in, right? And, and right now, businesses are in three modes. All of us, you, me, everyone, right? So number one, they're either in like pure like shutdown mode. That usually means they have really poor cash flow. So they're probably like letting go of people, right? They can't really afford anything. They're probably not, I mean, unfortunately, there's probably a lot of hospitality. There's definitely a lot of hospitality, right? Like, you know, restaurants and stuff, right? Like, if they can't have people coming in and they can't do to go, even like, it's like the place that maybe making money off like a lot of alcohol sales and people can't sit there and drink. They can just order food. That can hurt them, right? So um, what mode are they in? If they're in shutdown mode, can you reach out to them still? Yes, you can, but just it's only purely just to keep in touch with them and really just more so just to be cognizant that they're you know, just so that they know you're there because they may or may not make it through. If they make it through, they're going to remember you depending on your approach. And we'll talk about approaches in a second. So there's shutdown mode. Number two is they assess and adapt, which is okay, you know what? We're, we're not, I mean, we tend to, we could be hurt, but let's take a look internally. What can we tighten up on? What can we change? How can we adapt for the future? Now, that may mean cost cutting, but it also means they're open to changes. So if your service or your product can help them, that's going to be of value to them. Okay. So that's a good place. That's a good one to go after as well. And the third one is going to be they are in like charge mode, full blown charge. They're going to keep going. Like we're going to keep going no matter what. We're in a good spot. We're going to continue to crush it. They're still open to making changes. So, for example, Amazon is crushing it still because everyone's at home on their phones ordering things, ordering whatever, right? So, they're still continuing to crush it, right? Many grocery stores right now, right, are continuing to hire quite a bit, right? So, I see the news. I mean, it's like unemployment's definitely gone up across the whole world. But what we're seeing is these essential businesses are exploding still in growth because people still need them, right? So um, the, the first one, you definitely like, you're not, you're not gonna be able to sell them. I mean, it's gonna be very hard to sell someone who's in a shutdown mode. The one, assess and adapt, you can sell to. Definitely the charge ahead, you can definitely sell to, right? But regardless of whichever mode, I mean, it's, it's kind of an overdone word, but you still need to approach all of them with massive empathy, right? I mean, you have to be very cognizant of where they're at. You gotta like, if you're trying to hard close them, be overly aggressive up front, you're probably not getting an appointment with them. You're probably, they're probably won't even talk to you, right? And if you try to utilize, and we, have to be, we have to really show uh, emotional intelligence here. Like if we try to utilize like the coronavirus as a way to get sales, even if they need your service or product, they're going to hate it, right? They're going to hate it, right? So like, for example, like I saw some stupid things on LinkedIn. People are posting like, hey, I'm offering this coronavirus package. Yeah. Even though there might be a value, <laughs> yeah. like that's bad marketing, right? Naming like, the like, product, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, like versus like, 
I've seen some other, like, you know, really neat you know, perspectives where like, you know, um, you know, someone offered, Hey, you know what? Offices, people can go through a hardship right now. So I'm going to offer a, a new hardship offering. Hmm. So even just the repositioning and wording can really shift the mindset of people. Right. But, um, the key is, is, um, number one, you should still continue to prospect. That's really important. You should still go after and reach out to people, right? That's really important, right? Um, but you need to have empathy. You need to personalize things, right? And you gotta be a human being. People wanna buy from human beings, especially during times like this. And a yeah. human connection is really, really vital. Is it harder? 100%. That also means you need to be better at a multi-channel approach, right? Because let's just say, for example, if you sell to like, you know, gym owners for some, you know, for example, if their gyms are shut down, right? Like you call the gym, they're not, no one's an answer, right? <laughs> like, so you need to get more creative on how you get a hold of them, right? So for example, if you are really good at phone work at all times and you don't have their phone number, there's no way you can get a hold of them. So you get to find other ways, whether it's, you know, maybe it's, it's a Facebook messaging. Is it LinkedIn? You know, is it like, you know, TikTok or whatever, right? Like yeah. uh, whatever social media platform, right? That, that people are on, you know, at this time, right? So, um, you still want to approach them, but you want to have show massive empathy, right? Like I'm still prospecting. I'm still bringing revenue in. I'm still bringing in new clients, right? I'm still doing everything I'm talking about because I just changed my approach a little bit. That's all I've done. Yeah. Right. But it isn't, isn't it, to it. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it also, I think you all the time are very personal to people like in sales. So personalize yes. it. And now people are forced to do it differently and be personal before, um, the, the, the whole human aspect, I think it's great. You, you need to be a human, not a, a salesperson or a robot. Right. I think not only in times of crisis, I think all the time that's a good strategy. Yes. yes. But now we are getting forced in doing it differently because it doesn't work the way it worked before. So yeah. um, I also, like the, one and a half weeks ago, I said, all right, we need to do everything about awareness now. So we need to do Q&As, webinars, just giving yes. information for free to let them know Perfect. we are there for them, but also let them, letting them know we know what we're talking about. Like in mm -hmm. the end, if the crisis goes down, we can, we can try and uh, yeah, close them or trying to sell them something. 100%. For, for now, like the sales managers, I said, all right, being human is more important than ever, I think. Yes. And, the personal thing is also very important, but before we were a little bit lazy maybe. So we did send yes. uh, 100 emails with only a different, different name or right. You know, and now we need to make it more personal and yes. yeah. So it's forcing people to do differently. Yeah. And I'll give you an example, right? So um, I think back to um, 2007, 2009 timeframe, right? The world's falling apart. Uh, we were hitting a massive recession across the whole world. And, um, before that, especially in the U.S., like they were, like everyone could, could get could lend, get, could borrow money very easily. They could have terrible credit, nothing tied to their name, and that basically shut down the whole you know mortgage crisis, right? And um, at that time, you know, if you were in quote unquote sales as a mortgage broker, you would you were crushing and making tons of money. You didn't have to be good at your job; you just had to show up. Yeah. It's like saying, hey, um, you're homeless. Here's $400,000. Here's a million dollars. Go buy a house, right? Like, sure. <laughs> like, that's easy, okay? That's, there's no selling involved. So when, when the recession hit, those who did not have the skills of truly selling or doing a great job, they fell apart, right? Yeah. The businesses who were, could not deliver true value fell apart. But the ones who continue to deliver value, if it's salespeople or business that gave great value, 
they continued to thrive. Maybe that their growth slowed down a little bit, but they still were growing. They were still going, right? You know, and those are the ones that ultimately thrive are thriving today, right? So you think back to like at that same time frame, that's when Netflix was created, WhatsApp, Uber, they all came from the last recession, right? Because of different way of thinking, right? And by doing the right things consistently. And there's so many successors just like that. And for people to survive this next, because this, this will impact us for years, right? Easily three, like three plus years minimum, right? If, if you mean and anyone else wants to survive these next three to 10 years, we got to figure out what skills do we need to excel and to thrive, right? And you and I both know a business, the business's lifeblood is sales, right? So if they learn how to sell effectively the right way, that's how they survive, right? That's how they truly survive. You look at yeah. something like Amazon, they've exploded in growth over the last like last 10 years, right? Because they've learned how to sell people via Amazon's website. It's amazing. Like, I mean, nonstop, you're getting upsold when you go on there, yeah, right? Like, yeah. It's crazy, you know? They're in Holland uh, now, right? Like for, for, for a month now, Amazon. Right. So I think right, right in the moment that the, the Corona crisis started, Amazon came to Holland. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. So right. I don't know what's happening. I think they are blowing up also here, but we have a few oh. other big marketplaces. Uh, yeah. eBay is here in Holland, uh, big. So it's yeah, it's interesting what what's going how it's going to play out. But oh, they, yeah. the, the, most definitely, it's I think for sales, it's uh, you need to to adapt, and you need to make sure that it's going to work. And yes. when the crisis is going down, that this is the way you need to go to do sales for the long term. So when 100%. another crisis is coming, you know what to do and you know you have the skills to, yeah, to close deals even in right. times of crisis. Well, the way I think about it, right, you have strategy and you have tactics, okay, right? Um, the strategy for the most part, it might be like, hey, I'm going to continue to grow the business That's, and we're going to probably do these type of things. But then you have tactics that back it up because you can't just have strategy and you can't just have tactics, right? You need both, right? And if you think about this, right, when I think about like, for example, in the 1970s, um, to, for salespeople at that time, the way they got clients was like, they had a, a book of numbers, right? A list of numbers, and they just, just dial, right? If you ever watched a movie like Pursuit of Happiness with Will, uh, yep. Will Smith, he just dialed this, right? And the only medium to get a hold of your customer at that time was either direct mail or a phone call. So you only had two paths. So, you know, the tactic was, hey, you hire a salesperson, if they can make 40 dials an hour, you go down the list. And if you can just grind it out, you'll have success, right? That tactic worked really well and built many people's fortunes back then. And then people started getting personal laptops, started getting cell phones, then social media. So now it's exploded. So the tactic of just sitting and dialing a crappy list doesn't work anymore, right? The strategy is still the same. Somehow get in front of your prospects and yeah. show them your offer, right? That's right. It has never changed, but the tactics have changed. And the ones who want to thrive next three to 10 years, they may have the same strategy, but change the tactic. How are you changing your tactic to approach the next decade for success for yourself and your business? Yeah. All right. Let's go a little bit practical then. The strategy of the tactics right now. If you, yes. if you think about LinkedIn, for example, what Perfect. are great tactics right now to get in front of your customer, not because of the virus or because of the, the crisis, yes. but in general, yes. what is the best strategy? I, I tried to, to do connection invites and have a little bit of a message in there. So yeah. it grew and from there on, I tried to, to pitch them, but yep. I'm certain that you have a great strategy for, for LinkedIn. Yeah, 
So even before this whole pandemic and everything else, um, I think a mistake many people make, and nothing against what you're doing, but it's very common. People are like, hey, you know what? I'm going to look up people that are probably going to like to use my service. I'm going to add them, maybe a personal message, right? Or custom, even a template message, it does not matter. And then um, once they accept it, I'm going to send them like a little quick email. You know, hey, you know what? Like, let's just have a time to talk. Here's like, here's what we do, right? And probably like 90% of the time they don't respond, right? Or they're just like, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and the reality is, is like, people don't feel good when that happens, right? Like, like if, if I was to meet you at a bar, I say, oh, hey, Robin, nice to meet you. Like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Like, here's what I do, blah, 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 blah. Can I help you? We think we're being helpful, but we're not, right? Um, that's very much a focus on Robin. It's very focus, much a focus on Marcus. That doesn't really work well. So what you have to do is change the approach a little bit, right? So there's a couple different approaches. Number one, you can do the outreach directly, which is what you're doing, right? So the way I do, which has been very, very effective, and there's some back-end things you got to do first, right? So first off, um, uh, when you add those connection requests, I test this around. I found if I don't include a message, I have a faster response rate to accept and a higher likelihood. Like it over doubles. I mean, it's crazy. Like I tested like last, I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> because I think when they see the messaging, they're like, oh, they're gonna try to pitch me about something, right? Like yeah, right. versus they just, they just get sent an, an, an invite. They're like, do I know them? They're curious. Hmm. All right. I'm, I'm gonna accept it. Right now, if there is something that's really, that's really personal to them, that's, there's a really good connection. Like for example, maybe like, maybe they uh, produce a lot of content on LinkedIn, for example. Right. And hey, you know what? Hey, Robin, I saw I saw your um, your article on you know three ways to thrive in you know during today's time. Loved it, great article. Hope to connect. Hmm. They're gonna accept that, right? So because that, that's so personal to them, and it has nothing to do with a pitch. Okay, so um, if you don't have anything like that, do nothing. Just just send them an invite. That's the first piece, right? Once they get that invite, or once they accept it, right? Um, the first thing I do, like, and, you know, you're busy. Whenever you get a chance, you go on your phone. And the first thing I do is send them a video. Okay. A video message from me um, recorded just with their name. So it's not, it's not a pre-recorded message. It's literally me, like, in my home office here. Or if I'm out and about when I could go out and about, outside wherever, right? I just make sure the light, light is someone decent. Or if my kid's with me, I do a quick message. And my message is not a pitch, all right? So even my messaging right now, so here, here's what I say right now, right? So I say, you know, hey, Robin, uh, Marcus Chan here. Uh, first off, I hope, uh, you know, you and your family and your team are, are fair and okay during this obviously very, very uh, chaotic time. So hopefully you guys are okay. Uh, the reason I want to send you a video was for two different reasons. Uh, number one, just say thank you for accepting my invite. I really, really appreciate it. But also number two, uh, my number one goal on this platform is to help provide massive value for sales leaders like you. So I actually have, I did a live webinar last week that I recorded. I might be a great value to you. It's absolutely free. I'll put the link below. Feel free to check it out. Hope it brings you some great value. Either way, let me know best support you. Take care and stay safe. Boom. So notice there, notice a couple of things there. Notice number one, my tone. Very soft, very empathetic, right? Very much, very intentional right there. The first thing I'm addressing is the alpha in the room, which is the chaos in the world. Yep. All right. It's all about them. 
Then I tell them why. I, I, I reach out to them, which is to, to say thank you. People appreciate gratitude, right? And then the second piece was, I want to give you value. Like, I'm here to give you value. So I'm not saying, hey, set up a call below. I'm not saying, hey, uh, sign up for this free whatever. I'm not saying give me your email. I'm just saying, hey, here's you know, basically an ungated free content that I hope you give you some really great value. And that could be record a webinar, record a video. It could be, I mean, people don't like case studies, right? I mean, like, when's the last time you're like, oh, great, a case study. People don't, people don't care about case studies, right? Or even a white paper, right? Like they want something of value, right? So that training I have is like, what, what, what training is it now? The training I'm, I'm doing is like, um, it's like six steps to successfully leading your sales team to continue to crush it regardless or whatever, something, something like that. So they see it like, oh, this could be a value, right? And in uh, that video, there's no pitch in the video. At the end, I give my information up, but if I share my story, I go through the training. So when they see it, they're like, oh, this is a value, okay? At that point, like usually those, if they watch, they're like, hey, that, well, thank you so much. Now we're, can, we're open a conversation. Yeah. Right? We're opening a conversation, a little bit of dialogue, and eventually then it's shifting that conversation to offline, to a phone call or Zoom call, right? So that's, that's really the key. So that's how I approach the outreach. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. So giving value, it's, it's about him, him or her, not about you. And yeah, that's the way you, you open up the, the conversation, break the ice, and then go yes. on from there. Yes, and I forgot to mention, so um, below the uh, video, I put a very short, small amount of text, right? Just because sometimes um, they're in an environment, this, this is more so like when they're at the office, like they weren't in a place they could hear, listen to a video or watch a video. So my, my message was like, you know, hi, Robin, like I mentioned up top, thanks so much for, you know, accepting my invite. My goal is to give you some great value. You know, like, you know, check out this free train below. It's completely free. There's no strings attached. Hope you're some value. Let me know the best support you. Take care. Cool. Very simple. It's not a long, lengthy message. It's basically just a couple of quick, easy bullet points. So they can skim real quick. Like, okay, this is not a pitch. And then when they click the link, it takes them right to a live video. They're watching me like, oh, okay. There's no trick here. Like, no. but on, on top of that, there's some things I do on the back end that help basically put them at ease, which is my profile is optimized, right? To put their mind at ease, right? And what I mean by that is the way I've, I've done my profile, if you are sales, if you're a sales leader, right? A VP of sales, director of sales, when you look at my pro or a sales rep, you look at my profile, you're like, this guy has um, done things that I want to achieve, right? And he knows what he's talking about. They, they look at my content. They're like, okay, this content's quite good, actually. The videos, the articles, the posts are actually, and he's consistent. He's not like, oh, he just, you know, those Forex traders you get, like, they, 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 hey, hey, Forex, you know, like, you look at their page, and it's only been up for, like, one day, right? Like, yeah. clearly, because of the track record, people are like, this guy is legit. But then also recommendations. So it's optimized when they see it. They're like, okay, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. There's proof in the pudding here. So even if they don't look at the link, they're like, okay, all right. And then that warms them up because now they're going to see my content consistently because I post every single day, right? They're seeing my content that's crafted to solve problems of sales professionals. Then like, they, they start getting warmed up to me. Yeah. You know? so even if that message did not engage a conversation, now they're getting warmed up to me, right? They're like, hmm, all right. And because I'm so consistent, they see me a lot of places on LinkedIn. They're like, over time, it's, it's like an advertisement, right? You're like, over time, you're kind of like, like, okay, you see it once, whatever. Okay, the over and then over in different ways. And over time, you become just recognized over time. Like, okay, who is this guy? What is this guy all about? 
then that could be six months, et cetera. So all people reach out to me like, Hey, listen, I've been following your stuff for like five months now. Like, yeah, you're actually like legit. You're not some BS artist. So yeah. that's, there's a long game to social media, right? It's, there is no fast way to do it. That's going to be sustainable. Yeah, of course. But you're planting the seed right in the first message you, you did. And I think video is really important to that too. Yes. I see too little people or, or practically nobody using video right now it's it's i think it's it's so underrated or underestimated in that yeah. if you if you do it right now and you send videos yeah. um it, it's it's yeah it's really working also just a voice note not text but yeah. just voice is already so, better than just a text I you're 100 right so i've tested both right video by far has a fastest response rate back i mean when they see that video and and you say you hear them you literally see them say hey robin you're like Whoa, right? Um, yeah. And it's interesting because, I mean, the thing is like, if you think about this, right? If you do what is the most difficult for people to do, you will stand out, right? It's yeah. people get uncomfortable filming themselves on camera. Very uncomfortable, right? They're comfortable with a voice memo. So they're kind of like, okay, I can do a little text message or a little message. Oh, you know what? I can do a voice memo. I feel comfortable with that. Oh, but you know what? The, the person, the king and queen who, who, who owns the land are the ones who do the things that no one else does. And video is a great way to do it. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many times someone's been like, I have never seen someone send me video. This is crazy. Like, how did you do that? That's so impressive, right? And, and, and it blows their mind, right? And yeah. what I usually do because, um, so I'll do video first, and then once I start engaging with them, I'm not just texting back and forth. I'm doing voice memos back and forth. Yeah. So now it's, 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 I'm warming them up, right? Into my sequence. And now I'm having a conversation with them. They're like, and they feel like they know me, right? So over periods of time, and then eventually over time, like they'll probably, they'll, they're going to convert to a customer, right? And that's what's going to happen. Or at least they trust me and they see me as someone who's an expert in their field, right? And there's many times where when I start engaging with them, they don't ever turn into a customer, but they see me as an expert. So they'll reach out to me for advice. And I just give, 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 give. I just give them help, 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 right? Because it's going to come back eventually, right? Whether it's them or they first somebody else. Like, yeah. you know, like Gary Vee talks about it, right? Like, the more you give, the more you, you receive. That's just what happens, you know? Most definitely. And I think um, even if you get uncomfortable behind the camera or in front of the camera, yeah. they will see it. It's, it's like... Even if, if you are uncomfortable, they, yeah. it, it will create empathy. Empathy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh I'll, I'll mess up. Like, I'll mess up when I'm recording, right? I'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, ah, you know, I'll be like ah, sorry, sorry. But <laughs> yeah. they humanize you. They laugh a little yeah. bit, right? You know, or, or like suddenly, like, you know, if I'm sitting with like my kiddo having breakfast, you know, he's eating breakfast and he's like, he's like, he's like ah, he pops in. Like, ah, sorry <laughs> about that. But then people, they laugh a little bit, right? And that's totally cool because um, at the end, um, you know, a, a sale is really about that connection, right? But um, you cannot close a sale without open relationship. And by building common bonds like that, I mean, that's what, like, I think it's really, really cool now is, like, if you see now, um, like, the, how, if you could sell via video, video messaging, et cetera, you are even better face-to-face, -face, right? You know? And it's amazing with the video. What I like about video is, like, you know, say, for example, like, from my office here, like, people see my bookshelf, they're like, oh, you're, you're a book guy, you know, like, and, I'll get, and that's a great conversation starter, right? But like, hey, hey, what are you reading right now? Like, what do you recommend? You know what? Like, so now 
I'm just opening a conversation, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean, mean to sale, but it could mean to a good, like, really good relationship, et cetera, right? Like, for example, um, I was talking to, I met this one guy, he was so blown away. He, he invited me onto his podcast, right? And then from there, um, and now we're talking, we're actually going to be um, doing some potential, some partnership work for some business in Spain, right? As a result of doing a video message to kick off, right? Like, that's where yeah. it started. So. Yeah, it's great. And so the, 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 the big thing is it doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. And, and let's see where it, where it turns out. So I yeah, think just see what happens. As long as they can hear you, they can see you, and just, just be like normal, right? Just be normal, be human. It's okay to make mistakes. Like I, I have a speech impediment. I grew up with a speech impediment. So I'll stutter. I'll say the wrong word sometimes. I'll say it improperly. I'll just laugh it off. Like, hey, I mean, okay, sorry, hold on. Let me, just, let me restart. The reason I call is because of this. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. You know, real dude. Yeah, yeah. It is somebody. <laughs> it's, yeah, really cool, man. I think, that, I think that's a very good insight and a very good strategy for everyone, I think, to do. Um, I see a lot of sales uh, leaders or sales salespeople who are teaching sales also on, on LinkedIn and everywhere. But what do you think are the best resources or the best mentors, even if it's mm-hmm. online, like the Brian Tracy's of this world, you think that new salespeople need to follow? Do you have yeah. a of course, you. But are there other are Google? So, oh, to, totally right. So, um, a couple different ones. Um, because the thing is, like, one thing that that does bother me a little bit in terms of like the world I'm in is there's a lot of quote unquote sales gurus, um, who never actually had success. Right? They actually weren't that good. You know, and here they're, here they're teaching you these theories, and and they're taking other people's success. Yeah, that's what people are doing. I'm like, okay, they're like, you, I want to follow someone who's done the job successfully no matter what right and they're teaching things that they're probably still doing right like i still do these LinkedIn. i still do all these things right so um one guy um big fan his name is alex elaine his last name is spelled a l l e y n e um great guy he's a, a sales superstar over at a company called twilio and um he's he's awesome he just started his own business on the site as well but he's he's actually was uh, one of linkedin top sales voices for 2019 we're, uh, we're getting to be pretty close friends. So he's awesome. Big fan of that guy. Um, second person I'm a big fan of is uh, Morgan Ingrams, right? And um, and he works for a company called John, most people know John Barrows, right? And he's pretty well known in the sales training space. But um, Morgan Ingrams is, is our director. Big fan of that guy. I mean, he has great content for number one. Number two, he teaches things for free that are very much um, of high value of that. Are like, for example, and very, and very tactical, for example, um, this past week and him and I were messing back and forth. He posted a video on how to use sales navigator to build a list. And that's very useful for people that maybe, um, who have sales navigator who don't know how to use it. So that, that was really cool. So big fan of that guy. Um, let me think who else would I write? Those are the immediate ones cause they're consistently popping out uh, a variety of content from videos, um, to other things I know are living the game, right? Yeah. They're living the game. So, you know, it works. It's impactful. I'm a big fan of guys. And yeah, obviously we compete to a certain level, but there's so many people to follow out there. Yeah. If, you follow the, if you follow us three, you're good. I mean, you, you, you are set, yeah. you know? So yeah, you but it's, there's so much resource, so much information online. 100%. So I need, it's, it's a great tip to check if the people who are uh, learning it to you also doing it themselves and are in the dirt to, to, to try yeah. the top of the game. So that is yeah, that's right. really great tip. 
All right, man. I think we have dropped a lot of value, dropped a, okay. dropped a lot of uh, of bumps over here. So I think is it something you need to talk about or want to talk about or or have a tip for our listeners, or do you think we discussed a lot of things? Yeah, you know what? Um, I'll give one tip, right? And I think I think I think it's always really, really critical, right? So um, I'll give a LinkedIn tip, right? Because um, we threw so much stuff out there today, like oh man, like where do I start, right? Like. Let's say if you are starting brand new for LinkedIn right now, or, or you know, I don't say brand, maybe you just haven't really utilized it as the right tool. Okay, the first thing I would do is go ahead and just um, update your profile, right? And just think to yourself, if you were the target market you go after, what would they want to see on your profile, right? How are you going to showcase that you know what you're talking about and you're an expert? And that goes into your about section, even the roles you're in. Um, is there any content you're posting, right? If you haven't done so yet, that's okay. But start with that right there. Optimize your profile to be attractive to your target market, right? So for example, let's just say if you sell to um, into into the telecommunications industry for, you know, for whatever, right? And if your profile only shows all your sales awards, that may not necessarily attract your client, right? So it's not really optimized well. But if, if it's, for example, like you share the, hey, I work directly with these businesses. Here's some examples of places. Here's a couple, you know, case studies of, of businesses that helped transform. And then you're posting content to solve a really common problem for telecommunications. They're like, wow, this person's an expert. I do want to work with Robin here over XYZ company. So uh, optimize your profile to be attractive to your target market, right? And then from there, um, if you're not comfortable quite yet posting content, that's okay. Start off with first engaging with maybe some industry leaders in your field. Right. So, you know, for example, if you're in telecommunications, you can look up, hey, what are some maybe some LinkedIn groups? Who are some common hashtags in there? Like, I don't know, let's say hashtag telecommunications. I don't really know what, what you use out there. Right. Take a look at what are common hashtags that might be in the industry and see what are people posting and engage with the content. And I'm not just saying like, just hit like, but like when you go and engage with it, read through, put something really meaningful on there because then your prospects who are following that are, are going to see you. And they'll start seeing you more and more and more. And you start by doing that via hashtags. You can look if they're posting stuff, engage with their content as well. Put meaningful stuff. Hey, you know what? This is really great. Have you thought about you know this this you know this approach here? By doing that, now you're in their world as well. So that's a couple of really easy ways to get started on LinkedIn. So you don't have, and that, that has nothing to do with messaging people, nothing to do with connecting people or anything hard. It's just optimize your profile, look for where they hang out with us, hashtags, groups, or if they're industry leaders, and just engage with them. And over time, even doing that, you'll generate leads, you'll generate conversation, and you generate referrals by doing that first. Yeah. And it's also setting you up for the time you're going to send messages. They're going to check you're your profile. Right. And see, all right. Exactly is right. Great, man. Great tip. So for all the listeners, that's the beginning. And from there on, just implement the other strategies we talked about. That's and it. That's it. It will, it will grow. All right, man. So where can they find you? Yeah, definitely awesome. on LinkedIn, so, I think. You can definitely find me on LinkedIn. It's Marcus Shan MBA. It's very easy to find. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, the real Marcus Shan. Um, and for some great, really easy free resources, just go to salesninjaschool.com. That's salesninjaschool.com. I got free trains on there. I got my blog on there, right? So I got tons of free resources right there. And also, they can also connect me there if they want, if they want some more help and support. So super happy to be on. Right. Thank you so much, my man. Great. Thank you for your time. And Thank you for all the value dropping uh, over here and hope you have a great, great day and uh, talk to you soon. Chat soon.